Welcome to the Fish Tea Podcast, where we talk about LGBTQ politics, pop culture, growing up in the Caribbean, life in the diaspora, and the work it takes to sustain love, life, and laughter in the midst of all the white noise. I am M, And I'm Lanvel. We're giving you everything, honey. Get into this mug. We're serving you a hot cup of fish tea. Bottoms up. <laughs> You know, you know, I was here um doing the one, two, three, and I'm like, oh my god, so my camera is not on, M's camera is not on, Horgan to see each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how have you been, um, M? How is PhD life? How is life generally? Um, you've been away, what, close to two years now? A little over a year. Oh, a little over a year. How how has um that been? I feel like the girl I'm tired for hearing me have complained about the PhD, but <laughs> like it's, I feel like I feel like the work I feel like the work really has just started this semester. Um, because you know last year last year was really me kind of exploring the lay of the land, just you know figuring out what what I like, what I want to get into in terms of um my own my own research um career. So mm-hmm. this this semester I've had to um prepare my my thesis proposal, my research proposal. So, you know, I had to like dive in headway <laughs> mm-hmm. much, um, into, into the topic and all of that stuff. So I've been super stressed um, behind, behind most of the time, really, um, in terms of like assignments and stuff. But um, I'm catching up now. We're on break this week, um, thankfully, uh, for Thanksgiving, even though we don't have classes, but still, I have, a, I have a lot of work to do in terms of my final paper preparations and stuff. Oh, but I am happy. I'm happy that at this point I have a fully drafted research proposal. So after this is really just edits and uh, stuff like that. So. Yeah, which is which is good. <laughs> I know a lot of people talk about PhDs are never um, easy. I see even when I was doing my masters, I used to follow a lot of the support groups um, for. Um, higher education students and the level of uh, stress that goes into that is why when people don't want to call people the doctor whatever some people don't care for it some people care for it but for the level of stress that you go through to get the title and to get um, the piece of paper I feel it worth calling me the doctor I am an, uh, 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 an expert in X field Listen, I just something they know because I was one of those people who never care for it. But when we get a piece of paper, they try to slap doctor for everything. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I went through it. I deserve it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um. So the week was good. Um. I got the chance this week to attend the national HIV retreat. Um. Put on by the Ministry of Health and Wellness. Um, and it was kind of good because being one year in the space is kind of, for me, it was good to kind of hear from the different persons who presented just how, I remember the, on the first day, they played a video um, talking about how from Jamaica had its first um, HIV case to how the response has changed, how interventions um, have changed. And I, th- and I feel like though we still have challenges, m- a lot of them around um, stigma and discrimination, um, maybe some of them around access, maybe to the lesser extent, um, it's kind of good to see how the movement um, 30 plus years in how um, 
the movement has kind of changed and how more people in a sense are able people um who live with hiv um are able to kind of live in a human way um because i can imagine for a lot of people having um come up in an era where people are just dying there were no treatments um it's kind of good now to see that people are able to kind of live um fully um with the number of biomedical um interventions um we now have pill like prep um we have pep we have prep we have um art um it says kind of good to see how far we've come Yes. So <laughs> so funny enough, I didn't even know this. So Glenroy um would have nominated. So I think I'm not sure if it happens each year that they have the national HIV retreat. Um but I found out that I was nominated for um, the award is called High Individual Value. They try to use the HIV acronym. Um, and it's basically recognizing persons who would have contributed throughout the year, would have contributed um, to the movement. Um, and it was kind of good. One, as I said, I've, I've been in the, in, in the space one year in, and it was kind of good to kind of see, because for me, I didn't think I was doing a lot compared to what other people are doing so it was very good for me to kind of see um to kind of get that recognition really congratulations big up yourself <laughs> thank you thank you um so with that said and based on the discussion that we're having um today um is our final health tea episode um for 2020 um and we're going to talk about um living positively with hiv um world aids day being on december one um and just a little brief history um, about world aids day. as i've said before world aids day take place on december one each year um and it's an opportunity for people worldwide to unite um in the fight against hiv to show support for people living with hiv and to commemorate those who would have died from an aids related illness um and the, mo the movements um or the recognition was founded in 1988 and World AIDS Day was actually the first ever global health day. So welcome from far um, with this movement. And with us is um, someone who is living positively um, with HIV, um, Mary, and she's going to share her journey um, with us, Mary. Hi, pleasant good afternoon. Hi. Um, so I want to jump in um to ask you um what was life like before um being diagnosed um with HIV? So actually I was diagnosed with HIV from I was born. Okay. So so okay, okay. Um and how when when you had the knowledge of um that you you had um HIV growing up um kind of and getting the knowledge that you had HIV um how did you kind of deal with that because I'm sh I'm not sure at what age you would have told you. So I was told I was positive about age five, there about when I was admitted in the hospital, 
I was just told that I have HIV, not knowing what HIV is, but it was, I thought it was something to go to foreign. And how did you, so at age five, you're told at age five, um, and, I, and I can assume, as you said, you because at age five, I didn't have any knowledge at all um, what it was. But at what age did you come to a realization um, of what it really was? When I was about seven, eight. Mm-hmm. And, and how was that for you? How was, how was that for you? Well, for me, it was a bit challenging because I was in a community where everybody had you know, my, my status, yeah. And because of their lack of knowledge and intelligence, they were often saying, oh, girl with a big A and, you know, some discriminative words. So I always tell them that if their parents gave it to me, not me, but to feel better in myself, I had to let them know, okay, if your mom gave it to me, so fine. Mm. So, and, and how did that, because I, I can imagine um, that would have affected you in a lot of ways. Um, how did that um, affect you? Mentally, physically, psychologically, every alley mm-hmm. you can possibly think of. And 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 how did you, in a sense, kind of deal with so that? After I went to gear to gear, Martha's house rather, then I got a bit more knowledge to accept yourself for who you are and you know, like people trying to define you, regardless of your status. Then I came back to my senses and realized that I am someone special too. Okay. okay. And and were they you you must have had a, a support system. Um what did that support um system look like? Well, our support support systems at the it was mostly the staff and the children and the administrators. Yeah. Okay. Um, M, any anything from you? Yeah, um, I'm I'm curious, Mary. I don't want to make any assumptions about your age, but your son, your son, your son, pretty young. Um, like we're in the same age group, but um, I'm twenty one. Twenty one. Okay, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm some ways older than you, <laughs> but um, when I was growing up, um, when I was growing up, you know, there were talks. Um, on this, on the, in the public space about HIV, um, naturally because you know this in the nineties, it was still in the heights of the pandemic um, when persons were dying, um, and I remember a conversation I, a teacher had with us when I was done. I just started high school, and it was so scary. You know, he he was saying it wasn't even like health and family life class or anything. It was industrial arts or some something like that totally unrelated to sex and, and anything related to sex. And he said that by sometime in the future, I don't remember which year it was, probably like 2010 or 2015 or something, like, you know, at least one person from every household or every family, some, some weird stats would have been diagnosed with, with HIV. And 
with all the conversation that I would have heard before then about what that what this illness was and it was pretty much still pitched as a death sentence um, in that time. How how was it for you um, going to school? Did you experience any sort of, any kind any kinds of conversations like those? Um, I was, was going it, to school. Actually, I was in grade seven. Yeah, when every morning I go there, them normally sit on because we always reach early, so we have a group of normally sit down and discuss. So they were talking about somebody being positive and not eating from them. But every day I come to school, they run to me, take my things, and I'm going to give them mm-hmm. because I know the knowledge about it. So um, the girl was like, oh, me? When I eat from nobody will have HIV. Well, AIDS themselves. They must say HIV. When I eat from nobody will have AIDS. Like, okay. So I'm boy, you miss me either girl. People with ears are gonna see me. You know? So we actually just did a clear the picture, like whatever play. But deep down me I say, what a sense though? Why am I discriminating against people? So the, anyways, I get old enough now and stuff coming to stop going to school. So I was home and then she came to the home to volunteer. And then she saw me, the same girl, and she's like, so money, oh, you know what they tell me, say, you see, someone said, girl, it was my case to tell you that I was diagnosed with something. You know, I didn't know what somebody used to tell you. She's like, oh, someone said, so oh, you have HIV, because every day you see the sweet of the mama eat, so more than if you're sick now. Yeah. What, was the, what was the response like um, after, after that, after she found out? She was saying, oh, because then she become so knowledgeable about it that every morning she all go, hug me up and talk. Mm-hmm. Like I can relate, I can relate, I can relate to that. Um, you know, as a queer, as a queer male, that having to, you know, play, play into 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 that certain narrative that you know, you're not like them or. You're 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 on the same page as as the persons who are who are being homophobic and stuff. So I totally get it, and you know it's it's also interesting, especially that you it was your like group of friends who had this. Um, well, it's probably, it's probably even not that interesting because as as children growing up, we start to just um, assume. The attitudes of the society around us, but was what, what about the um we call it now the staff, the, the teachers and like guidance counselors at the school? What was it? What was it? What was the conversation like? Well, with the those persons? had known and a grade eleven teacher had known about my illness, and maybe it wasn't a big deal. No other teacher knew because when I was registering, another girl was going to the school early already. So they had to disclose her and stuff to the principal. So when I started, same procedure. And I wasn't being discriminated or anything. That's, that's good to hear. But that, that's very curious though. Um, is, it, is it a thing? Is that like the requirement that if a student is being registered in a public school 
and they're HIV positive, they have to disclose it to the school admin? Well, I am not sure. That tender age, I wasn't concerned about who knows what are so on and so forth. I was just mostly focusing on me. I I, I, I want, yeah, I want to ask, I want to go back to the point that you made that um, when you were having lunch and they were discussing um, if they would um, eat from um, somebody with um, HIV, how you, in a sense, um, and as M would have said, um, you're part of the group, but to, I, I don't want to say to fit in, um, you, in a sense, discriminated against the group that you're a part of. Um, did, did, did that affected you in, in any way? And at what point did you say um, it's, in a sense, okay to live positively? As I mentioned earlier, I knew I was positive. But I was just trying to fit in. Correct? Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be said that, oh, so you're about them and rare Because I can relate. I went to Distinction College in Otirias since I'm old now and about last year or the year before. And nurses, as in persons training to be a nurse, were speaking ill about persons being positive. And I'm like, first and foremost, you're studying for nurse. Why discriminate against person living with HIV? Firstly, you can't contract HIV by no nurse, by drinking from the person or hugging them or kissing them. First, they can't even get contract, sorry, not catch, contract HIV by kissing. So what are you guys trying to say? And we had a discussion and we had a debate and I won. Where do you think? For me, when I was going to high school, I realized that I was being very discriminative, knowing that the fact that I was ill too, but yet still I was trying to be nice. I felt bad at the end after I reached back home. Okay. Totally. I, 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 I want to ask, though, um, I want to touch on the point that you said um, when you were um, about the, the practitioners who were studying and that they would they developed an attitude or they have an attitude um, that would kind of promote stigma. Well, not kind of, that promoted um, stigma and discrimination against persons living with HIV. Where do you think that this fear, um, given what they would have been exposed to be what they know, um, data that is out there now, where do you think this fear um, still comes from? Well, to me, I think the, the stigma. So for me, this, I think it all relates to all the stigma that have been said over the years. So regardless of them studying it and because of the, the limited information about the disease, so persons still do not understand much about it. But as um, practitioners, as, as persons who will interact with persons living with HIV, what do you think or how best can we try to kind of reduce that? Because if 
this is is kind of what um turns people back whether from getting tested um which is how um you'd know your status how do we kind of begin or well not necessarily begin because the work is being done how do we get clinicians whether doctors nurses um whatever role they play within the health sector to kind of have an attitude that this is no longer that sentence and there are people like yourself who are living positively yeah so for me i just think that like regardless of them studying it or going into the field of being amongst persons they still haven't understand some people are still in denial, right? Regardless of all they have been told. So I would say it's best if they like keep at workshops and community meetings, you know, just to eliminate all the discrimination and stigma of being positive. Okay. How how have you um as a as someone living with HIV, what what I'm sure you, you've done um in your own way advocacy around uh whether it's raising awareness, um, whether it's with your peers, family members, how have you been um doing that kind of work to kind of bring some awareness um around persons living with HIV? So for me, for those who don't really know about it, I don't really convince them, you know, but if it comes up, I'll say, okay, you cannot contract it by that. Or as you know, they wouldn't know the word contract. So I would say, you can't get it by that. You know, I don't try to make it seem as if, okay, but I totally agree with them. Okay, and, and what do you think, um, so like, other organizations um, can do to kind of, to better um, reduce um, stigma and discrimination, whether it's um, from the MOH level, whether it's from a CSO, um, what do you think they can, more can be done um, in this area? Okay, so for me, as I mentioned earlier, the group sessions and stuff would be the ideal stuff to educate because three-quarter Jamaicans still in denial about how you can contract this virus because of the stigma that has been told. They live with that for life. They don't try to read and so on. I would say I would go and like ceremonies like, like the forum, the breakfast forum and stuff like that. Okay. Um, anything from you, M? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll... Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask um, Mary about about what it was like um, with your with your family. I don't think we spoke about that. Um, so being being born with HIV, do you know which of your parents uh, was positive, or if both, and what was the relationship like? How did you see them um, managing being positive? That's an awesome question, Amber. Guess what? I was not lucky enough to know my parents, one, because they died from my wish. 
two years old. So I have never gotten to ask them how did they contract it, who had it first. All I knew is that both of them had it and they both died. Well, my entire family knew of it. Um, I also have an adopted sister. She's aware of it too. And she helps motivate me, you know? She helps to push me to be a better person. That's, that's awesome. I'm sorry to hear about your parents. I'm, I'm happy you touched um, on um, support system because support system for persons living with HIV is very, very important. Um, whether it is, in a sense, um, helping you um, adhere to um, medication, whether following it to your visits, and whether just providing support, whether financially, emotionally, um, psychologically. What does your support system um, look like now? So for my support system, I have, like I just mentioned, I have an adopted sister. She is my support that ensures if I'm sad and I text her, oh, guess what? I'm going to feel like I'm going to continue with life. Or sometimes I'm down and I'm like, oh, you know what? I the medication. And then she'll be like, I thought you had more sense, you know? So that helps push me. I also have an auntie. She also pushed me with taking them and ensure I don't miss no visits and so on and so forth. So I only have a few persons in my corner. And of course, JN Plus, Richard, yeah, they motivate and are in my corner for support too. And AFH, I'm not sure. I got right. AFH on Ugly Park. Oh, a, yeah. H, AHF, um, AIDS Health Foundation. Yes, them. Okay. If I, if I want thing, if I want thing we're sure about is that your Jamaican support system are going to ask you if you have sense. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. so on, so on brand. <laughs> oh, my sister is always like, you think you have sense, girl? Like, Basically, she actually said, don't make it define you, do define it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, people, I just remember say, you know, the tough, sometimes, sometimes it's sound, it's sound like them not really care or them not be compassionate, but I just always express the love sometimes. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah. I, I want to ask though, what has been the most challenging and what has been the most rewarding thing um or what has yes from um this i don't i don't know if i call it a journey but yeah what has been the most challenging thing and the most rewarding thing coming out of um this journey okay <clears throat> most rewarding so my most worst scenario was I was talking to this guy and then somebody told him that I was I I had AIDS. They didn't say HIV. And then hold. So, oh, you, so you after, can continue. After you hearing me? Yeah, yeah. You can continue. Yeah. So after he was told, he called me because I think it was a Saturday. He gave me money and said, "All right, book some 
things mega pump the launch and I'm like, all right, awesome. So me get up with my enough self, cook, cook good, good food, rice with corned beef, with macaroni, preparing lunch, you know. So then this boy called me like, as it has been done, share out the food. He called and he's like, so I'll come then I'm going to tell him to say, what do you say? Oh, he comes and never tell me say I have HIV. I say, where you get that from? In saying boss tell him. I say, oh, your boss know that, you know. And then I was my dad and my ball and my ball on the place. I'm gonna tell my auntie what happened. And then she, cause she used to work there. Um, she called her boss and said, ask him all know that. And why am I discriminating against me and stuff like that? Anyways, I tell the boy, because I felt like because he knows I'm a positive now, okay, don't yes or no. So I say, oh, I'm going to start blaming myself, gone in a blame mood. And I say, oh, then he must say, then he was like, just tell me if you have it. So I say, yes, I have it and what? You're going to end it since I have it. And then he's like, no, but we just did one or something. Said, fine, well, anyone know I have it. So I guess now that I have it, you do not want, but I want the lunch. And don't answer. So, anyway, the lunch today, I want to call him and him talk to my auntie because him and my auntie did have a good relationship. And he talked to my auntie and my auntie talked about him and explain what procedure for me. All me, I do a ball and me call everybody, every contact. But no, but my illness, me call them that day. And I say, Shut up. Then me say, oh, just give up. Me tell the people on it, and then you know, eventually, say fine. He go work it out, and he might go to the moon and back to me, and this just make him happy, and him tell him mother, and him mother tell him say make sure him did it for me, cause, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm like, okay, fine. Even though me and him stopped talk, but me and the mother still talk. Every day she texts me, even our woman takes her back, she still texts me, you know? So that was my worst case. And to know that um, then he actually accepted me, that was awesome. So I want to add, you, you said um, you guys are no longer together now, um, but how, how challenging has it been or um, for you um, to kind of, find a partner who is okay with somebody who's living with HIV and, I, and, I, and I've heard like the issue of disclosure come up um, a lot um, and and, and I've, I know there was even a discussion um, on Twitter about when should you disclose should you disclose and stuff like that I just wanted to get your view on um, the issue of disclosure so one um, just navigating relationships that would be one and the issue of disclosure so re-disclosure like I said I wasn't the one who disclosed it but since it was already out there as a product I just okay agree you know I disclosure for me or as you said if I think I'll find anyone I've been in two relationships and I have disclosed like a couple months after I say now something to tell you they want it, like it or not. I had this friend. He was like stalking me every day. Oh, my, they with you. I'm like, 
nigga, I don't think you want to be with me because, you know, I am not the one for you. I'm going to make your life sad, you know? And he's like, no, mama to you. You have cancer. He said, no, me have worse than cancer, baby boy. Say, you know, no, no, worse than cancer. I'm like, you're not going to want me. When you hear your mind is going to change. So, and he's like, no. So I text him and I'm like, okay, guess what? No, no positive. He's like, chum on money. Get to a lie, man. You can't positive and look so good. I say, oh, I don't have the trick to it. Then him dead and him attack. He talk for two and a half hours till me has hurt me. And we eventually know because I don't want a relationship with him. So we are best friends. Every day him texts me, are you okay? Face that. Him get, him get so close to me now. We're just best friends, you know? Um, it's very hard to actually disclose to persons who are uneducated. Firstly, for me, I listen to how you talk. And if I realize that your level of communication or understanding is poor, then I can't disclose to you. It, it, it. You talk a little bit about money. Um, like, it, it, like, you see, you see, you see a few things that, um, kind of, kind of, um, raise my antennas. Um, so like, with your, with the example, with your, with your, your best friend, well, your no best friend that was courting you, um, and you said to him that you have some worse than cancer, like, what even if even with the knowledge that you've garnered over the years um about the illness and you know the fact that you've been living with it and 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 living a, a good healthy life um with it being undetectable and stuff you are you you still you still framed framed um living with hiv as living with something worse than cancer can i ask why what What's the feeling behind that? So actually, I had said that because I wanted to hear his response. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I see. <laughs> yeah. Food for Quechua is kind of something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something there. Food for Quechua is, you know? But, um, you know, what, what I wanted to, um, to bring in at this point, you know, we, we've been talking for a while, and we've 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 mentioned HIV, we've mentioned AIDS, but um, I'd like just for the clarification of the listeners um, who may not be educated, um, we're not gonna assume say because that we will followership know all of them some here, but um, if we can just you know briefly say what is HIV and how it's different from from AIDS. So HIV is. Actually, it's not a dead sentence. HIV just is just an illness, like I would say, come on, call. <laughs> so, an AIDS is basically when you're not taking a medication and you're not doing what is correct, then you are more likely to die faster and you'll be very unhappy. Yeah, you know, you know what I like? Because, um, I mean, it can, it can become very technical very quick. 
when you talk about HIV and AIDS. So I kind I kind of like how you framed it in terms of you know when you're not you're not taking a medication, you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you're not compliant with your um your meds. You're more, you're more likely to die. Yes. Um, based on based on the information that's out there, it doesn't seem like something that you're gonna be happy living with. Um, but but yeah. So you know, I, I, I wanted to do, to to differentiate them because you know in my mind and based on conversations I've had with with other persons, you know HIV. When you have HIV, you're just living with a virus. So like. I don't even think of it as an illness because based on conversations I've had with even some medical professionals um, at the beginning of the pandemic, when, you're, when you have HIV and you're compliant with a med medication and you're undetectable, you're no longer immunocompromised, right? You're, you have your CD4 count high, immune system well boosted and nice and things are going um, right in your body. So you're, you're, you're at no higher risk than the rest of the population to contract um, communicable diseases. And I think it's important, um, I don't know how you feel about that framing um, as a person who is, who is living with HIV, um, that we, we need to probably change how we have conversations about it altogether. Because when, pe when, when, when we say, illness are you sick it, you know it scare people and I feel like it's a part of the problem why people so standoffish when it come on to dealing with people with HIV. I don't know if that makes sense. Yes it makes a lot of sense. Um, Lanbell you're quiet. Yeah I, no I, I want to say a big I remember watching um is it the, the normal heart um and I remember watching that and I can imagine um and i was saying to to someone the other um the other day yes it is um the the normal heart um with julia roberts um depicting um the the I, it, it was yeah depicting um hiv aids um in um america um between i think it was 1981 and 1984 um, and I think for me, a lot of persons possibly grew up with that image um, of seeing persons dying um, when there was, there was no access to treatment. And I can remember vividly, there was a pic of or a poster of somebody, um, I'm guessing with AIDS because, um, and how you would have seen sore on the person's skin and stuff like that. And I, and I feel like we've carried that around with us. Um, so the images that we have seen, and, and even um, Mary would have said it, the, the, the young man was kind of shocked that she was somebody living with HIV, but she looked that good. Um, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I tend to wonder how the initial communication um whether it was visual um, or how we spoke about it in those initial times um kind of affected how um even with new information even uh, with with new treatment even now there is um i think that no persons it, it, 
getting it in the UK and it's been approved in the UK and the US, um, the long injectable um, vaccine, um, which basically, so I think that now, instead of taking um, the pill every um, daily, you'd know you can take that um, monthly. And they're now looking at if you can also take it every two months. Um, so even how advanced um, we have become, I think the images and how we've talked about it and people just seeing, imagine having a virgin who you talk to today and then tomorrow um, you wake up and he dies. I'm not sure if, um, and, I, and I speak a lot about how trauma lives in our body. I'm not sure if we've gotten over um, those kind of things and does that same misinformation continues to circle? Yeah, that's that's a very, very important point. But I, I also don't think we're doing enough to, to change the to change the messaging or adjust the messaging to match where we are in terms of the, um, the technologies and the, and the response. So I think I think that's worth that's worth um, a conversation in of itself. How we how we get to that point where we start presenting um, persons living with HIV as you know not being different. From yes. other functional members of society, because that's really what it is. You come, you're, you're undetectable. You walk around, your, your skin nice and chrome. You go to parties and bubble like everybody else, and you drink a pinnacle. Well, them still not for drink liquor. We need a um antiretroviral, but you know, one or two people where where drink them one juice and two juice and bubble to the music at the party and live them life like regular people. And we need more of that to to sort of help people um adjust. Um, from from what they knew of um in the in the, the earlier part of the pandemic um the epidemic. I'm sorry to cut you, but actually we can drink, but you have to take the medication. Like for example, if you're going to normally take your medication eight o'clock, and you know you got a party, you know you have to take it before so that workout before you got a party and ready for drink and go out with yourself. Big up, big up your doctor, them. They matter real. <laughs> they matter real deal. Tell you how the things work. <laughs> but I, I want to ask, I think it's like a final question and kind of close. I'm not sure if M has any other questions. Um, just what, one, um, what does living positively um, mean for you? So for me, Living positively means, so for me, living positively gives you a second chance at life. So, so I want to use my life to motivate and elevate others, to tell them that it's not the end of the world and they should never let HIV or AIDS define you. Um, any final questions? Yeah. Um... That's that's a really good message. Um, what's what's one thing, um, one or two things that you'd like to see uh, happen, um, especially from the, perspe the, the the perspective of the government, to to um, to address stigma and discrimination related to HIV. Okay, so I think the government should make like a platform to have for HIV awareness. Like as you know, it. World is is December the first, but make it mandatory to have one. Yeah, because 
So all discrimination comes from people lacking knowledge of the illness, right? Or the virus rather. So if there's a platform where you can stand up to say that no matter what, push through, pull through, I think we'll have less discriminations and more persons to live up and get tested, you know? Okay, thank you very, 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 very much. Um, I, I, I want to thank you, uh, Miri, for joining us on um, the Fish Tea podcast. Because um, we speak a lot about um, prevention, um, but it's kind of good, it's kind of refreshing to kind of hear. Um, because if we push the message that HIV is not a death sentence, which it isn't, um, it's good to hear from somebody who has been living um, since birth with um, HIV um, and how they have been able to kind of navigate life just as how any um, other um, individual has been able to um, navigate life. And I think we need more of these stories out there. Um, I know Joan um, is a big advocate. Joan has become the face of um, HIV in Jamaica. And it's good. It, it, as I said, it's refreshing um, that we're seeing, we're able to kind of put a face to it. Um, and it's not the image that we are used to. Um, and it's good to have people like you kind of changing um, the narrative. So thank you very much um, for joining us on um, the Fish Tea um, podcast. And I want to thank M, also my co-host. Um, World AIDS Day is December 1st. It's celebrated every year on um, December 1st. Um, and for those of you um, who are listening or who've listened to this episode, um, thank you for sticking and staying. Um, and just within your network, this has been a good conversation. Um, talking about myths um, of, of HIV um, and just generally giving an experience of how um, it is that persons living with HIV navigate um, different spaces within Jamaica, navigate relationship, um, their family um, relationship. And I think this would be good for you to kind of share with your network, um, help them to become more knowledgeable um, around um, the, the issue and see how best we can really and truly become better individuals or better people um, towards people living with um, HIV.